As the great independent director, Mr. Werner Herzog, once said, I despise formal restaurants. I find all of that formality to be very base and vile. I would much rather eat potato chips on the sidewalk. Hello and welcome to Potato Chips on the Sidewalk. I'm Chicken Twizzies Jacob and with me today is... Barbecue. Ben. And today we're doing something a little different. We are talking... About a fantastic new film franchise <laughs> from Marvel Studios. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't... I, I would actually... I don't know what I'll do if you want a hog hide for a Marvel film. That would be really weird. But It'd be funny. Um, okay, look, look. We're talking about Souvenir Part, part 1 and Part 2. The first part came out in 2019, um, and the second part just came out. So we went to a double feature of it last night. I'd already seen the first one. Ben I had hadn't. not seen the first one. So we decided, you know what, let's see, let's talk about both of these films because, you know, Joanna Hogg is one of my favorite modern filmmakers. She's only made about six feature films, I believe, five or six. Um, Unrelated, Archipelago. Um, performance, which is my favorite. No, exhibition. Fucking hell. I just said it was my favorite. I didn't even get the name right. Then. <laughs> Fake fan. Then the souvenir part one and souvenir part two. And I think she has an actual ghost film coming out this year, which is interesting because I'll, we're going to go into ghosts a bit later in this episode. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, this is her auto, semi autobiographical series about a film student called Julie played by Honor Swinton Byrne Tilda Swinton's daughter who's a film student who falls in love with a foreign officer or as sorry says during the yeah uh, well, I'm not saying during all of it but one of the IRA kerfuffles yes. called them. <laughs> and she the relationship goes through a lot of power struggles but you know, there's a lot about her own privilege and where she comes from as a filmmaker and making films about lower socioeconomic areas and then finding out this boyfriend isn't all he said to be. And look, it's I, I don't think I don't think you're listening to the souvenir part one and part two if you don't know the end of the first one. Like, did, did you know? I didn't know anything about these. Okay. All I know is that Robert Pattinson was meant to be in the second one. That's all I know. <laughs> And look, dude, I, I was surprised at the end of it when it said Honor Swinton Byrne, and I was like, oh, it's Tilda Swinton's daughter. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I didn't know anything, you know. Like, yeah. I was just like, yeah. But yeah, so you've got a film about a relationship that falls to a tragic end, and then you have part two, which is about moving forward from. Th- moving through that grief it's it's kind of weird so i watched these both for the first time in a row last night yes um i don't really know which one i prefer because i think they're doing entirely different things yeah and but they're still coexisting yeah. obviously yeah the thing for me is that like i think the first one is a very like solid beginning to end drama that works by itself and then the second one is kind of like 
kind of like a dissertation she wrote in narrative form on the first movie, if you know what I mean. It's like, it deconstructs it. Yeah. And, I don't know. It, well, it's it, deconstructing yeah. her own grief and it, like how she... It's very her. meta, yeah. the second one is, more so than the first one. I think the first one, like, you can see, like, how it is autobiographical and like it's like you can you can see like it's a filmmaker working through something that happened to them in the past yes the second one is working through them making the movie <laughs> like it's kind of it's yeah. weird you know like it's, yeah. it's hard to reconcile in my head in that way whereas yeah. the second one is an anomaly that I don't think I, like, I'm surprised it exists in the first place so I don't know how you pitch this to a <laughs> to a financier, like I, I, I have a strong suspicion Joanna Hogg is going to be someone regarded as your filmmaker's fav- your favorite filmmaker's favorite filmmaker. Yeah, straight off the bat, I think both of these films are masterpieces. Oh. I'm sorry, Jacob. Are you the sight and sound pole? <laughs> Sorry, that was a stupid joke. Dude, I'm I'm dreading that. I'm looking forward to the actual polls. Didn't they? Didn't Souvenir two, one and two win each year? Oh no, I'm talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about the every every decade they do. Oh right, yeah. The directors and yeah. critics polls, which always have been a little controversial because they're like almost exclusively like old art films. But I feel like in the age of Letterbox and the MCU, we're going to get some real. Discourse about it. anyway. Guy wearing a Spider Man shirt. It's gonna be like, what the fuck is what the, the fuck is Mulholland Drive? <laughs> <laughs> like Mulholland Drive is like probably gonna be the only twenty first century. That's what I mean. Like, hasn't it been like the top three the last couple of times? Or no, um, um, I'm not sure if it's actually into the top ten for either yet. What, what's the poll that I'm thinking of where it, it's got number one? Oh, the, I think I think that was the twenty first century poll. Oh, okay, yeah. But, okay. Yeah, anyway, yeah. moving pa- past that, um, I don't know how we even got onto there, but no, the, Hogg is a filmmaker who might not have that much mainstream appeal because she is so much about filmmaking craft, and you know, I, I can I can see her main audience being filmmakers. Is well, that's what I that's mean. what I mean. Is like especially in the second one, like it's it's in the first one as well. Um, I don't know how this is going to land it for anyone who hasn't been on a student film set. Like, <laughs> like there's quite there's some quite funny scenes. Very, where, it's hel- the yeah, second one's really hilarious. Like there's hilarious. some like some really like funny scenes involving the craft of filmmaking, and I just can't see me being like to my parents being like, "Hey, you should watch the souvenir," and then watching these scenes of the film sets, and then being like what's the issue? <laughs> like they just don't understand. Like, yeah. but like, it's just so potent for people yeah. who have been in that situation. Well, film yeah. sets are real, especially when it's super low budget. And yeah, you know, it, you know pe- people don't realize I like, especially when you're not close friends yes. with those people. Like yeah. just realize <laughs> how, um, a hard it is, but B just how quickly, you know, 
I won't say tempers flare because well, there's, there's there's two modes of student filmmaking. You're paired with people that you're not really friends with at all, yeah. And you're there to do a job, and tensions are high, and like you just, you're there to get it done. And there's the other mode when we were locked in the the room of sorry, this is inside baseball, but there was a time when me, Jacob, <laughs> yeah. and our cinematographer and an actor, like the three of us, were locked in a room, like a dark room trying to get basically like one shot and we just kept farting <laughs> it was just it was getting you so hot and it was just it was who kept farting was it you i think it was you and that wasn't me what we're trying to say is like these like situations can be like so fun when you're with people that you're like yeah. really good friends with and then there's the <laughs> If we had anyone there at that time when we were doing these stinky farts in this tiny room, <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't have worked. <laughs> um, no, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, was a, <laughs> that was a private story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that, yeah. that, that is the thing. It's like, yeah. what, like her, Julie does have a lot of... You, you do get the impression she does have some of her friends on here. Yeah. But there's, there's a part where she's just like, actually... Can we like just change this camera angle? Yeah. And the cinematographer's just like, oh my, ugh. like, yeah. and he, he, yeah. he boils over, and it's just like another one where they're like, oh, it's, and it's about like eleven p.m. and like we've lit for day, and it's like, and then she's just like, oh okay, but like then everyone's <laughs> yeah. just like getting hell yeah. angry, yeah. And then there's the thing where the actors, like, as a director of actors, sometimes you you want the actors just to go off on their own. Yeah, just develop the characters themselves. But there's yeah. a scene where Julie is literally sitting there while overhearing them talking shit about her. Yeah. But she understands it's actually constructive for the characters. Yeah. And they're poor, but... And there's also, like, there's a scene where, like... Because we have to, like, give some context where, like, the film that she's making in the second one is basically retelling the story... Of the first one. Of the first one. And um, that's why I want to get into how meta the second one is. Yeah. But, like... Um, so, so I think we have to just say full spoilers. Yeah. The first one... Her boyfriend is a heroin, habitual heroin user who overdoses and dies. Yes. And um, when she's giving directors to these act- direction to these actors about what's happening in this scene three days before the character of the boyfriend dies, um, the actors are like, oh, but I don't think she would do that. I don't think she would do that. And then she just breaks and she says, but that's actually what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just very, um, yeah. it just breaches a breaking point for her where she's just like, look, this is, this is how it is. Okay. Like, yeah. and the, the two films are very, very, I was not expecting them to be so different because the first is a very cold, slow paced, still like, I, I believe vivid, but you know, film just like you know it, it's about a relationship that's never quite right but you can still see why they're invested yeah. in each other and it's um you know it, it takes its time whereas two may, maybe people won't traditionally see this as like an ultra fast paced film but for me it was like lightning oh no like it the, was lightning pace the, the first one felt a lot longer yeah than the second one but it, even though I think it's only like four different, yeah. four minutes different in runtime. Yeah. But um, I think one of the reasons why the two films feel so different is that even though like it is like a 
sequel and it is continuing the story. The first one is very much like a tragedy, but it's very much about the moments in their lives as this is happening. And then the second one is very much about the process of making the film. Like it's like, it's, it's very like, the sets are bigger that like there's more extras on yeah. all these big film film sets. It's like hmm. it's it's hard to describe in a, for me where, where it's like one film's about the <laughs> one film is the film, and then the second film is about making the film. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like and it's like it's, but but I think yeah. I think the the second part is very much about. You know, it's about grief, but I think yeah. what it what what makes it different is a lot of films about grief are about how agonizingly slow paced it is to be that person, whereas this is someone who's working through their own grief in a way that is very hyper focused on a goal, yeah. which is like, I need to contextualize this through making up, which. Yeah. As creators, you know, you, you do understand, like, again, this is something like why I think this film has such a, its main audience are filmmakers and yeah. fellow creatives, <laughs> because like, you know, most people wouldn't be like, you know, most people don't deal with grief and I'm making a film about this, yeah. you know, well, that's but, the thing but, but like, that's a, a real thing. That, you know, that's the thing is like, I, um, I just can't see myself in any moment being like, oh, this happened to me, better make a film about yeah, it. Like, yeah. that would be, like, that's terrifying to me. And yeah, then, no, like, it is. It, and it's like, the, that's what the character is going through, where she's like, she, like, she's, she wants to work through it in this way. And it's like, yeah, it, it's especially like, potent when like, it's pretty evident in the first film and in the second film where, um, she's kind of lost in her craft. Yeah. No, hundred percent. In the first film, like she wants to be a filmmaker, and second film, like she, she needs to be one. She needs to be one. Like in the first one, like you can tell that she's like. There's a scene where they're discussing, um, Psycho in one of her film classes, and she's talking about it in a way that she's trying to impress everybody around her. But it kind of seems like she might not have even seen the movie, and yeah. she's just trying to, like she wants to be it uh, like she wants to be a filmmaker more so than she knows how to be one yeah it's not, it's not that she's like bad or won't be a good filmmaker she's just i think she like had a little bit of hubris when she started the course where like she didn't really know what it entailed before she went into it if i can't relate to that yeah but like, <laughs> but, like yeah. but what i'm trying to say yeah say is like she like she wanted to be like she wanted to be a filmmaker and tell stories from outside of her privilege. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, no. And then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, she really. If I asked my parents for ten thousand pounds, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that, that is the thing. I, I, I've been trying to scrap together two thousand dollars while having like enough money to like, you know, have a somewhat like enjoyable life <laughs> um that's taken me forever so she's like mommy can i get ten thousand pounds i'm like i'll pay you back 
I'll pay you yeah. back. And she does pay her back. I'm like, how the fuck do you pay her back? Well, that's the thing is like, she's got a career yeah, <laughs> as yeah. a filmmaker under 30, which is like, well, which is interesting. It's a different time. Which is interesting because Joanna Hogg made her first feature film in 20, 2007. But I think but she, she had a long The character career. in the film is yeah. making feature but, but, films. No, but, She's but, like doing but, like commercials and music no, videos she, and stuff. She, yeah, but, yeah. Which what Hogg, Hogg was working in for a few decades. Yeah. Before she made her feature yeah. debut, so um, yeah. But like, I, I think I think what I like about this is like, even the first film, it's not quite. I wouldn't quite say it's naturalism. Like, no, these are characters who, like many creatives are, are people who process their emotions through being dr- somewhat dramatic. Yeah, you know, yeah, have that flair for it, and like that kind of does show the thing like there's a whole discussion like about what films capturing reality and films capturing what reality feels like or what they feel like it should be like which the film definitely plays with like both films play with a bit like there's almost a point in the first film where the film switches into becoming like this isn't like what the reality is this is what the reality feels like yeah which is a distinct (laughs) yeah difference and that's when the film starts to become more where the lack of the boyfriend's present is felt from yeah the first half of the first film in the second half of the first film and yeah it, it kind of is i'm sorry to go full-on fucking wacko academic spiritual mode here <clears throat> but the second film is a ghost film essentially it is a film about trying to come to process with your own grief through resuscitating events, not how exactly they maybe were, but how they felt, Yeah, you know, by taking from film, which isn't the the whole thing about the motion picture, (laughs) as you will, is you are taking from time and place and people. You are literally reproducing that. But your but what it makes a difference from still photography is you are letting time go the way it is essentially in some nature, you know? Yeah. Like a still photo is one moment from time, but you know a shot souvenir, a, if you will. A, a shot <laughs> a, a shot is say a shot of Ben here walking out of this door, you know, time does deteriorate I'm not, I'm not your puppet no i know <laughs> i'm not puppet for your point but yeah there there is this thing about you know while she's moving through this grief this is almost like a act of trying to reanimate her life experience you know so there is this interesting thing about that and i guess the even lightly touched upon just like the ethics of her doing this when she's not even to when she feels like she's she can't even be around his parents because she feels like yeah I was his she knew him for a year they Uh, they lost their only son yeah yeah and yeah it's just a really I don't know I think the, the first film is just a really poignant drama yeah about a relationship the manipulation but also the tragedy of just yeah 
you know, opening up yourself up to someone and then, you know, such a sad, horrific end. And then the second one is going through grief in a way that a creator can, which is trying to move through it by making a film, but knowing she's never going to be able, realizing she isn't going, she, she is still wallowing in some way. Yeah. Which is understandable. I'm not saying that's like a yeah. thing, but she's trying to make something productive of her grief to get through it while she'll never really will get through it. Yeah. And I think it's heartbreaking. I think it's beautiful. I think it's strangely inspiring. Um, yeah, I think we've got two masterpieces here of just a filmmaker revealing herself in the way she wants to, which is, yeah, not quite naturalistic of how it really was, but it's how she experienced it and she has the flair for the dramatics. She has the thing about, you know, she doesn't want the filmmakers to look at her, the angle to be looking into the bathroom because that's not how she knew. She didn't know what was going on in that bathroom with Yeah, him. like, she didn't want them to see anything that she didn't see. Yeah, yeah. it's... I don't know. I think as artist therapy and a film about artists working through grief, I think it's pretty major work. So yeah. I really have to say, final thoughts, Ben? Um, it's not something I usually seek out myself um i'm happy i saw it as a double feature I, yes. if, you, if you're gonna watch them i think at this point if you haven't seen either of them i think it's probably the best way to see them both at once um but yeah um i recommend it if you've ever been on a student film set if you haven't i don't know how it will land for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah it's a very small audience yes but yeah. it's great for that audience. Yes. This has been Chicken Twisty Jacob, and with me has been... Barbecue Ben. We'll see you next time. We did our episode drop on Batman and the Souvenir. That's... <laughs> <laughs> two, t- two sides of the same coin. Yeah, two franchises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this got a sequel before the Batman. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it came out. I know. <laughs>